do what you can with what you have where you are. Theodore Roosevelt. Bending Not Breaking, Season 2, Episode 13, The Drill. And we're back. It's time for Bending Not Breaking, and this is Ben Pruitt talking. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And we have with us our favorite person ever. He is one of my favorite people of like all time. Like of, like of all time. Ben just straight up said favorite person, and then you went and said one of your favorite people. So tough to pick favorites. And his name is Max Gongaware. Max, you know that as someone who doesn't like to rank things. Like, it's tough to have favorites. You just, like, you don't like to rank things. Like, but if you I do. Like, yeah, but like, not my friends. I don't want to rank my friends. So when you pick your... Uh, the people who are going to stand with you by the aisle. I don't want to say groomsmen in case you choose to choose someone who doesn't identify as a man to stand beside you. Is yeah, that possible. not ranking them? I'm, I think it's a lot of times it's done by like height or like what looks good when you look at the whole party there together. Is a I, best I don't think there's like the in order. There could be two best or people. People. Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah, so that's very Dude. doable. Huh. Interesting. All right. So <laughs> let's jump into what our lens is for today. Ben, resourcefulness. Resourcefulness. I'm going to need y'all each to pronounce that one more time. Resourcefulness. Resource. Resourcefulness. Resource? Resource. Resourcefulness. Resourcefulness. How is it said? Max, how how would you say say it? Resourcefulness. Really? Is that that's how you'd say it? Yeah, I put some extra syllables in there just in case. Emphasis. I liked your emphasis too. Yeah. Great. Right. So resourcefulness is our lens, but before we dive even into what that is and how we define it, it's time for Max's uninformed recap. I love these. See, it's one of my favorites. No. Matt, you don't love it, Max? It's fine. All right. Max, I'm going to give you the first scene, the last scene, and some key phrases. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, first scene. A drill works its way to infiltrate the outer wall of Ba Sing Se. Last scene, Team Avatar celebrates victory while Sokka tries to come up with cool team names. Your keyword slash phrases are... Who's coming up with cool names? Sokka. Sokka. Coming up with what cool names? Like team cool names. Like cool team names. Like nicknames for the team. Your keywords are pressure points, clogging, schematics, impenetrable, and giant wedge. Okay. You've got one minute. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. On your mark... Get set, go. Well, as we know, season two, episode 13 of Avatar's last air dryer um, begins with a drill working its way to infiltrate the outer wall of Boss Sing Se. Um, and then at some point, the drill catches a pressure point, um, which causes it to like, it's like when sometimes when you get a pressure point pressed on your temple, 
Like it makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do, such as clogging. Um, and it kind of reworks the schematics of your neurons and synapses of your brain um, to, to create this impenetrable clogging um, situation uh, that is caused by drills. Um, but that's okay. Because, 15 seconds left. Because by the time you're done clogging, you create this giant wedge between you and your friends, uh, which can be challenging because Five, you want to be on a team four, and team three, avatar celebrates two, victory one. while soccer comes up with cool Stop. team names. I'm really interested, listeners, if you are curious in how that how long that actually took. Because Sunshine said he was going to keep track of time, and then he didn't. You looked at your watch, and I I was having trouble pulling up my stopwatch on the phone, so... I assumed you were going to keep You said you on counted it. down. You I don't count down, down until you're ready to count down and actually have a way to time them. Well, sometimes we just go by the way we feel. I work with what I have. So resourceful. Me, you know, is that resourceful? Yeah, there are probably more resources so available, how did I but do? I didn't use them. I feel like you probably could have used more of the resources. Well, Therefore, it was probably not as resourceful I as I was could creating be. an anecdote for the future, further along in the episode. Yeah, I was. For stuff to, to highlight back to. Cool. So you're creating a resource. For later. At your expense. All right. Seems a little counterintuitive. Ben, why don't you use your resources and give us a full recap of this episode in 30 seconds. Huh. On your mark, get set, go. Here's the deal. Aang is like, OMG, we got to find this drill. He's like, I can't save Appa. So he goes back and uses his resources to go get the gang or Team Avatar or the Aang gang, whatever you want to call them. Anyway, they go, they are like, oh my God, how do we stop them? General guy on talk, Sung is like, no, we don't need you. And they're like, yeah, we do. Oh, because our Earthbenders don't work. And then they subvert the drill. Five seconds. And then Azula's like, oh my God. And then Aang wins, breaks the drill. Yay, you did it. Just like Aang broke the drill with the help of all his friends. I get by with a little help from my friends. Ah. Who doesn't love wings? All right. You don't. The band Wings? You don't love wings? Oh, you mean like the food wings? Boneless, maybe. I love wings. Eh, I don't think you get as much money for, like the meat to money ratio is not high enough for me. Ben, are you a flats guy? I don't get it. Or a drumsticks guy. Oh, I see. Uh, I like them both. Yeah. Depends on my mood. So one time we were talking about wings and Max says, I'm a flats guy. And I was like, is that a restaurant? Because like, you know, Tijuana flats or something like that. I immediately thought of flats as in like shoes. Yeah. As in no heel. I didn't know that that's what like the types of wings were called flats I didn't know they were called flats either. See, I think that is common. It's not necessarily common knowledge. And wings are fine. It's just like, again, you're paying too much for the meat that you're getting. I just, you that's, know, would prefer something else. That's debatable. I like a wing, Give man. Give me chicken tenders in similar sauce. And I'm, See, I'm, I think I'm you're happy. getting, like, too much. Oh, God. I can't get into this. Never mind. I'm done. The ability... I was referring to Wings the Band, which is another Paul McCartney band. Ben said, was singing Get By With A Little Help From My when Friends, which is a Beatles jokes, song. But... Paul McCartney was also in the band Wings, who sings the song called Jet, which also I think about a lot while watching the Avatar The Last Airbender. The ability to find quick and clever ways to solve and overcome problems is the dictionary definition of resourcefulness. That's something that I came upon, and that's kind of what our, where I started thinking about this episode. And I think it's really interesting that the Fire Nation used its resources to build a giant drill to get into this wall. 
How do you feel about the money that potentially spent to create this? To and the resources like metal they had to like mold and bend and get into this situation to create this huge drill that ultimately didn't work. How do you feel about it? Yeah, money begets privilege, and privilege begets privilege. Yeah. The more money you have, the more resources you're likely to have. And so they built a drill, and it was going to work for them. And, you know, the army, they were like, no, it's fine. This wall's never been penetrated before. It's, you know, it's nothing's ever worked in the past. Nothing can ever work again, so we're going to be good. Until they realized that's not the case. Yeah. I think that's a that actually brings up a good point. I think what's the question? What prevents us from using our resources? And so General Sung declines Aang's offer to help at first. Yeah, I don't need your help. Oh, I have the Terra team. There, they never fail, and then they fail miserably, and then he immediately caves. Right. So I that could have gone another direction. He could have been like, Nope, we're still gonna figure it out. And he's like, No, his pride could have gotten in the way further. But right, yeah. but I would argue that pride is a potential block to using the resources like that are asking around for us. help. Yeah, yeah. I don't need that. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't, that, that gives me like the, the 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 trope of like the dad who doesn't ask for help when moving furniture and throws out his back. Right. Like I feel yeah. like that's like a comedy play on sitcoms and things. Like no, no, no. I don't need the hand truck. I'm strong. And breaks, then breaks hernia. Back. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, being resourceful, is pretty important. Use your resources around you. Well, and there's a wiki how page. That, that, there's a page to tell you how to be resourceful. And I'm interested <laughs> in like, <laughs> which is like a little meta, but at the same time, like I'm somewhat interested to see like your thoughts on the, the way they say the first step is develop skills, um, which we'll talk about later. Cause I think that comp, uh, confidence breeds confidence, right? And we yeah, see moments 100%. of that in Toph. Where, like, she's able to be resourceful because she's confident in her skills to be able to use that. That's fair. Um, the next kind of step after developing your skills is just, you know, anticipating the potential problems that could come along. Um, which is interesting as we talk about, like, foreboding joy a lot and not waiting for the other shoe to drop. How that is balanced by, like, preparing for when it does. And how and what the and what the steps are in that and how that plays into being resourceful. Yeah, I just want to be really careful and like foreboding joy is not the same as anticipating like, problems. anticipating problems. Correct. There's a there's a big difference there. Huge. And so I think that's going to be worth highlighting later on in the episode. Um, assessing the situation, right? Seeing if the scene is safe for all my CPR first aid, yeah, lifeguard friends, anyone who's you know American Red Cross. So assessing the situation and then uh, solving the problem. Or that's uh, that is uh, the four steps that WikiHow will tell you how to be <laughs> resourceful. I don't know um, how I feel about this. They go into deeper like okay, I was about to say that to feels be, very limited. When they talk about this developing skills, they talk about being positive and being creative. Feels like there could be a step in there about like brainstorm sources. Of, well, keep an open mind like, is a part of that. Being confident, but if you're uh, okay. developing the skill, sometimes it's tough to be confident until you have the skill. Isn't that like so paradoxical? <sighs> Leadership is a paradox. Mm, anyway so those are things i think like as i was watching this episode i was kind of keeping in mind uh so are there let's talk moments of resourcefulness we talked about the fire nation being resourceful and building this thing to solve their problem of getting into bossing say yeah where else did you see resourcefulness well i want to go back to my question like what yes what prevents us from using our resources like i 
I have a theory, one of which is one of the answer might be pride, but I think there are also other answers, right? Fear of failure. Fear of failure might prevent us from using our resources. I think that if you look at the time, what I saw more in this episode are times in which characters utilized their resources more than when they didn't. Right. Yeah. For instance, Azula leans on Ty Lee and May. Right. And yeah, that's, go deal with those earthbenders. It's really interesting to think about Azula leaning on anyone, right? But she does lean on Tylee and May. And that's a really interesting just thing to pay attention she to. She trusts them. She has, like, and trust begets resources, yeah. right? Another thing to pay attention to is, like, Aang uses his friends as resources. He's like, I'm going to go find Appa. And then he's like, ah, I have to, I have to I deal have with to this, this drill. And so instead of going to deal with the drill without the team, he goes and gets the team to deal with the drill because he knows he is better when he uses his resources. Well, and I. they immediately look friends. like Tasaka, right? That's the very first thing they do when they were like, all right, we need a plan. Exactly. Sokka, what and you then, got? And he's that, like, what? That sounds like, whoa, 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 the pressure. Whoa, 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 whoa. The pressure. Oh, potentially another thing that's a blocker. Foreshadowing. For using our resources. Oh, but um, Yep. But the pressure that's around us. But we see a couple moments where, because, yeah, you notice the commander as he's talking is like, we don't have anything to worry about. Um, instead of asking for help in those moments, because I think there's probably a little bit of fear in the way that Azula leads. I think it's probably a safe assumption um, to assume that she leads a lot by fear. We've seen evidence of this. And so yep. is this, I need, if I use resources, I'm weaker at what I do. I'm not as good at my job because I should know these things or be able to have these abilities without resources or outside help well that's the thing and I don't so think... i'm not going to use them because i should be able to do that without them to to save face or and to not look good in front of this person and i think azula is smart enough to to not tell that narrative right well she's like no we're gonna go do this anyways right like i don't care if the earthbenders may or may not be able to stop us we're gonna ensure that they can't right yeah she's... well she's like three steps ahead anticipating the will, problems right she's in, exactly she's anticipating the problems she has ty lee as a chi blocker that can like take down an army of benders may who is like any non-bender can easily go up against her right and some benders even but it's just one of those things where like she uses her resources and she intentionally got that team together to prepare for this you know infiltration of bossing Se. Mm -hmm. so it's just really interesting to think about Azula, because, like... Has there ever been a time you haven't used resources because of, like, to answer, like, is there a way you can use an anecdote or something that's happened to you in your past experience to say, like, this was a time I didn't use resources and here's kind of where my head was you at? You know, that's a funny thing that you bring up because it's actually very topical. So my dog went into surgery today, and I was asked by several people, like, why don't you set up a GoFundMe page to help pay for it? And for some reason, I have a pretty large mental block around asking for money in that way. And it is very likely that I would get money. I don't know how much I would get, but it is very likely. I know my friends, and I know the group that I am surrounded by, that I would probably get some money. And that's better than not having any money, right? But the also the the idea that I would be asking for money in a situation where like I I don't truly like this feels like a luxury. The story I'm telling myself is this feels like a luxury. The story I'm telling myself is that 
I would rather save that um, to cash in on a situation in which I'm really in need, right? And so it's just paying this it's a it's an arm and a leg it feels like i've lost a lot of potential because of what i had to pay for this surgery for mm-hmm. my dog which is really it's a privilege to have a dog but at the same time it's one of those things where like man the first thing that i thought when i realized what i was going to have to pay was that privilege is not having to think about whether you're going to let your dog die or whether you're going to pay for the dog's surgery right right and then I had to perspective check and be like, having a dog at all is a privilege. And then I had to perspective check again and be like, oh my God, I'm complaining about <laughs> like this. But regardless of that, even with that perspective checking, because I'm in such scarcity around money right now with the dog, <laughs> asking for money is much harder. Yeah. I think for me, because I've been in similar moments before, and I think for me is how will people look when I spend money on other things versus this thing that I'm asking for money about? Yeah. And like, exactly, exactly how, like I just bought a book on Amazon and, oh, well you're able to buy that book. Why start the GoFundMe page? Why start a GoFundMe? Right. I mean, because I literally have the means to pay for the surgery, but what's under that is the debt of having to pay for school, which I am, I got into school. I got into my graduate hey, program. He got into divinity school at Duke. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> everyone send him like warm wishes and things on, on Instagram or Twitter or all those places. BNB underscore pod. But those are like things you can do. <laughs> um, send Ben all the good vibes because he got into divinity school at, at Duke University. Even though we are strictly a... Go Tar Heels. A North Carolina household. Moral of the story is when... Like there's just a untold narrative of money and what people see and the stories they tell versus the story I tell. And versus... I think that's the, I think that's the key. The story that like you tell yourself, not in your given example, but like us as people, especially around money, of how are other people going to see this? Yeah, absolutely. Which may or may not be true. But it's also like, how do I see this? It doesn't feel responsible for me to ask for money when. Yes, I literally have the money in my bank account, but it has, I had plans for that money. I had, that was potential for other things that I have now lost, right? And so there's a lot of grief there. And like, I just feel like, yes, I would probably get what I would call, like the the word just came through my head is I would probably get that handout, right? But it, for some reason I have like, value qualms with that so to get into that whole thing is really an illustrative point of answering your question of this is a time and that this this whole concept in this conversation is what gets in the way of utilizing our resources that highlights so many different things the fear of what other people think the fear of what we think the stories we tell ourselves the stories we think other people are telling themselves all impact our ability to say, am I going to use the resources that are around me? Or do I even see the resources around me? Do yeah. I know they exist in the first place? Well, another, <laughs> so like scholarships for school. Right, right. Or the the social cares that we have yeah. in our community that are available, but you don't know. The community home trust. the um, Or a land trust cor- for you know, food, food pantries or 
um, scholarships for after school programs or yep. all these things. Like, do we even or gym know, memberships? Or do we know these things exist? Um, and do we have access to them if we if they do exist? And so, because that's the, then the third side of this three sided coin, um, if that exists. But is I know it exists, but I don't have the ability to use it. Um, there's a barrier in the way of, of this resource because yeah. I can't get to it. But I know yeah. it's there. I can see it. But I need help either obtaining that or understanding that or learning that or, I, yep. you know, so. Yeah, so asking for help is a resource. You have the potential to ask for help. You have the ability to ask for help. And this entire, we've already done an episode kind of on agency before, yeah. but like that's, there's so many times I was like, it takes agency to use the resources, right? Like you have to be willing to take action. Yeah. Um, and get past those barriers to do that. And sometimes you can do that with help from others. And sometimes you have to do that by yourself. Well, and just the amount of, I think what I'm, what is blossoming in my mind right now is one of the things that help us helps us be resourceful is humility, empathy, compassion. Imp- yeah. But like <laughs> yeah. the ability to ask for help requires humility. You have to be able to say, I don't know. And then be willing to live with that enough to admit it to other people <laughs> and ask for help. Yeah. Asking for help. Creating that culture around whatever you're doing, your work culture, your family culture, the ability to sit there and say, I need help. Also, the way people respond is going to, you know, justify whether or not you keep doing that. But we get moments where, like, Sokka knows that he's not the one who can benefit in the situation and he steps back as a leader. And I think that that's important, too. Like, he understands that, like, in certain moments, I can't be helpful. Yeah, you know, there's a moment at the end that I think is beautiful near the end where Katara is um, water bending Tylee and keeping the drill plugged all, like all the water. And it's it, working. Like yeah. she's doing it. She is, she is blocking the hole. All of the water is building up inside the drill instead of escaping, which means it's creating a, you know, huge, what will bust. It's like, thank goodness Tylee didn't drown. I, I, I'm glad that they didn't just put her in there and like hope let us assume and then come like they had her where she like was you could breathing. see her head above which is like because like... I I think that water's in a spiral I would have expected well, her body to get trapped inside of it which is like well and to could say that, that have happened or did Katara do that on purpose I to, think like... Katara did that on purpose yeah I think that was extremely intentional and she utilized her bending to save a life yeah and rather than she didn't want to kill Tylee she could have easily you could easily trapped her in the water and killed her right easily. And didn't. Um, but she asked for help from Toph, which I, I think that's where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, but even so, just being able... I think that moment also where realizing that you can't do anything is Sokka is cheering Katara on. He's still trying to find a way to contribute. Katara hates it. <laughs> she, she like, t- like slaps him, water slaps him. Well, because he changes <laughs> from, like, encouraging to, like, just do it already! Yeah, to getting a little bit sarcastic. But anyway... Moral of the story is, but Toph asks for help, and it gets done better, and causes more pressure to build up. Yeah, exactly, and, and helps out. In the She's long able run. to hold back the mud, and Katara is able to hold well, back the water. And she has a perfect example of like, I'm. She's a wonderful resource, but she knows where she can and can't be helpful. And she's like, I'm not going in that metal machine, like that metal monster. Having like, boundaries I can't be is there, important, right? right? I can't help in there. So yeah. I'm gonna stay out here. Um, and as we talk about that, confidence, uh, confidence brings confidence. When the water it spurts out of the drill and everything starts to flood. Yep. 
Toph raises the ground, and you get a cut of Katara and Sokka are, like, hugging each other fearful about, like, this wave of mud and water that's coming towards them. And Toph is just standing there holding her ground, knows exactly what she's doing. And I think that's a perfect moment of, like, she's got that confidence and ability to do that because she knows she's got the competence to do it. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about an interesting Toph moment? Um, I would love to talk about an interesting Toph moment because Toph is low-key one of my favorites. So I'm curious what you think about this and if this crossed your mind. So Toph is blind. And and Toph uses a dust cloud as a way to conceal them getting to the drill. Yeah. Which is a eyesight-dependent activity. Yes. <laughs> she's got she's to she's have a lot of trust in her ability to well, do what she's thinking it's going to do. I think, one, did she think of that? Right? Was that her idea? Because think of the, think of the empathy that requires for someone who is blind— to realize that, oh, we need to create a dust cloud so that we can't be seen. My guess is she she's an incredible fighter. We know this from yeah. when she shows up in the Blind Bandit. So we know she's good at fighting. I'm guessing she's used that tactic before in her own personal That was bouts. my conclusion. Um, yeah. I think that she's, she's well-versed enough in fighting and needing to be... Um, I mean, I think she probably uses that to her advantage, right? She knows that if she can make the other people not see, she's more equipped in that situation than they are. Yeah. Especially on a one-on-one battle. So my guess is she knows how to do that. My guess is she can read that a little bit based off of touch and feeling. But I, my guess is she's honed that skill enough to be able to do it with others and probably knows, like... I just think it's so fascinating that she knew how big to make the dust cloud. Yeah. Like, where to put the dust cloud. There's just so many... Things or that if are, it naturally happens, if she creates like a dust cloud around her and moves forward, like she knows that. Like, but she didn't. She created the cloud and then moved in. Right. They all moved in. There was no earth bending, visible earth bending after they had started that process. Right. And so for me, it's really interesting to think about the concept of creating concealment in general as a blind person to realize that you have a need for concealment. To, I just thought that was really interesting use of earth as a resource that. I don't think would come naturally to someone who is blind. Well, and so I think firebending is a resource. It is like it is. Like yeah. you've got the skill bending, to do it. Period. That being said, I think earthbending and waterbending, air as well. Like fire is one of the only ones where they create the resource like themselves. Like it seems like they take the energy as the resource around them and create it. Where like earthbending is way more. I'm going to use all these rocks that are here for me that they necessarily didn't create. Sure. Um, I kind of viewed it that way, but I guess when you think about it. They're cre- they're using the resources in the same way. It's just the energy they're pulling out of the air to create fire, versus like yeah. Aang is pulling the rocks that he's getting dropped on when he's fighting Azula, yep. and having to use all of those to his advantage. He can't he can't create the rocks out of thin air. Yeah, but like, yes. I don't know if there's really a point to that. Yeah, I I, I don't I, either. It felt like he was using the resources around him more when he was fighting Azula than it did that she did. Um, is what it kind of felt like. But I will say, his resourcefulness to use past information that he's learned was something utilized several times throughout this episode. I 100% agree. That's something I wrote down as well. So, like, it, he took his lessons from Toph mm-hmm. inside the drill where he was, like, saying, oh, this is exactly what Toph has been teaching yeah, me. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. We don't ever want to put all of our force in one blow. We want to use 
our whole energy in a multiple blows. Yeah. And so hit, the final and hit blow pressure can, points yeah. so that the when we do deliver the final blow, it doesn't. We we still have the energy to do so. The yeah. The other moment that I saw it along with that is I feel like prior to this episode, prior to him working with Toph, if he had been in the same situation with Azula where he gets knocked unconscious and she lifts him up and he comes to, that he would have immediately gone into Avatar state as a defense mechanism. Um, bold claim. I that's I genuinely because I he's fearing for his life in that moment. I think that similar to when he gets knocked into the water early in season one, that like it would have triggered. But I think because he had all the information, because he had the competence around um, earthbending, he creates his you know arm around with rocks to block it, as opposed to jumping into the Avatar state. Well, it's so cool to watch Aang fight in his progression of fighting as he learns different bending styles Mm -hmm. because you see him start to utilize all of the bending styles that he's learned as he learns them. This is one of my favorite fight scenes that happens, including the final blow to the drill, I think is one of the best animated sections of Avatar. Um, I think the score around this section hits like really hard and and, um, kind of amps up the situation really well. And then I love that final shot where Azula sends the lightning at him and he hits the wedge. Fire, it was fire. Fire, blue fire. And he hits the wedge. And then you see like the, um, almost like the sound wave. Um, the well, power the just kind of right? like yeah. the power come off and knock Azula back. I just think the whole thing is was really well designed. But yeah, yeah, one of my favorite moments. I love that scene. I don't love this whole episode, but I do love that scene. Sure. Let's go to Zuko and Iroh. Yeah. Do you have any moments of resourcefulness with them? Iroh used his resources. He probably shouldn't have. Um, So you get this moment where he uses resources that are available for him, but that actually puts him in danger. Which instance are you talking about? When he heats heats his tea. Okay. Is the one I'm speaking of currently. So Jet sees this, right? Well, Jet sees that the tea is hot. hot He saw that it was cold, and and now he saw it was hot, right? Yep. Which lead him... Rightfully so. Connects the dots. Yeah. yeah. So that's an interesting point because I, I think that sometimes we are put into positions, I think of um, refugees, for instance, uh, where we have privileges in our own country or we have privileges in one situation and then an event occurs, which we no longer have that privilege, but we don't, we don't, we forget that we have don't have that privilege anymore and when we use it and then it comes to bite us in the butt and so we uh for instance might be in a foreign country and forget that a certain hand gesture is incredibly offensive where it is not at all in the united states Certain countries where tattoos are incredibly offensive. And so like, all of a sudden what happens is as soon as we do that, we 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 have a privilege check. And I think this was a privilege check for Iroh. And he does good later on this season of remembering like this whole ep- like Oh, yeah. I probably shouldn't do this anymore. And he doesn't. Yeah. He's right? very he's very on top of it. Lesson learned. And I think that shows that like it's Iroh. And there's several times where we've talked about Iroh as this we I think we somewhat as Avatar fans, I'm on I don't like speaking for entire fan bases, but um, I think... It's safe to assume. I think we all love Iroh. Yeah. Um, 
I think I've seen in comments and fan groups and everything else, people get very upset when you say that Iroh does something wrong. Um, and the, I think the reality is sometimes Iroh messes up yep. and does things wrong. And I think it, you can't put people, even some of your favorite people, even people who do incredible work sometimes slip up and mess up in certain things. And he does in this situation. Yeah. I, another instant instant which Iroh uses his resources is when he is talking to flirting to the uh he's flirting right with the customs agent so he's he uses flattery as a resource Mm -hmm. right and so he's getting called out he's like she's getting defensive you call you saying i'm bad at my job it's mushy actually (laughs) and he's like oh my and so she gets really defensive and he's like Oh my, don't you look wonderful today? Or something similar. Yeah, yeah. And Just she's a little like, flirting. Oh, you don't look so bad yourself, hon, and lets him in. Yeah. Right? So, one, it's amazing what a little positivity will do. That's a lesson to take out of it. Two, flattery, positivity, kindness is a resource. Yeah. And not one that is. Uh... It's not, it's not finite, right? Like the, exactly. The more compassion, empathy, kindness you put into the world, the more, the more there is to have, right? Like you get to create that um, and, and add to that. It's not something that's finite. You don't have to like hold that off to the side and only use it sparingly because you have a limited amount of it. Exactly. It's not like pizza. Right. Eat a slice of pizza. There's only seven slices left. You ate my pizza? But pizza, or is pizza better than wings? I mean... Like what? What? Yes. Ma- what's better, a good pizza? a good wing or a good pizza? Max, we already know my vote on this. Max, what do you think? Let's have some input from. Can Max I have time. wings and pizza? You can, and I have. <laughs> if you had to pick a favorite out of the two, you have to rank them, Max. Which one's better? I mean, pizza is more versatile. Correct. Uh, I I agree with that. But a, a good wing is pretty darn good. Yeah, I also agree with that. And when you're in the mood for wings, <laughs> Ooh, a good wing is really good. Yeah. Whereas pizza is like, just like, oh, I don't know what I want to do for dinner. Okay. Pizza's like the safe choice. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want the safe choice. Pizza can be great, too. I had a great pizza. Deep dish pizza, thin crust, like, yes. Any great. pizza. If it's pizza, I'm eating it. Brooklyn style? Yes. Yeah. Are you asking, what I, mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm just naming types of pizzas. You're doing a great job. Pizza? Margarita pizza? Yeah. I mean, now that now we're getting into, like, what are the toppings of your pizza? That's not, like, a style of pizza. I would argue. Oh, maybe. I would say that there are, like, restaurants That's that just, absolutely. like, live as, like, this margarita pizzas, and there's different toppings they can put on that, but it's, like, a very, like... Nope. Margarita's pretty niche. All right. Whatever. Your margarita's pizza is like your white pizza with like an olive oil base and fresh tomatoes. And it's not always a white base. See? That's what I'm telling you. It's like, it's a... A true margarita base is a a red base pasta sauce. Maybe I was wrong. With mozzarella, fresh mozzarella and basil. That's it. Basil. Basil. Yes, (laughs) indeed. Basil. All right. Anyways, so Ira messes up. All right. He uses... Different ways of his resource. He's very resourceful. Yeah. I think we knew this. But sometimes... Does it speak to a little bit of... Experience? Age? 
wisdom. Yeah, I think all that adds to it. But what do you take out of the need to hide your authentic self or not use your resources that you have around you as a measure of safety? Um, I, I think that if Iroh could choose, he would probably not choose to want to hide himself. That's what I'm saying. Like, right? he has this privilege, but he's not allowed to use it, so he doesn't really have it anymore. But he's making that safety. choice. Right. Right? He is making the choice to do this, but, and so it feels like it's within his power to make it, right? But, I mean, that goes back to... Um, this might be a stretch, but people who were in interracial marriages in the early 1900s choosing to keep that secret, they could have gone out and done it, but it would have been unsafe for them to do so, to to be out in public with that. Very unsafe. So wh- who who's at fault? Where's the line? What does that mean? Like, is well, it is it the responsibility of the individuals to hold back those resources or to not use those things or do those things? Or is it the responsibility of the culture to change? Or do you have to look at it in a different way and say, it's kind of the responsibility of both. One has to stay safe and one I think there's always be, an like, ebb and flow. I'm yeah. never going to ask anyone to put their safety on the line, right? But we should never have to ask someone to put their safety on the line. Right. And usually people's safety being put on the line is usually what begets change. Right. Unfortunately. So it was just, it's an interesting moment of like, he shouldn't have to, but he has to. And where else do we kind of see that in in life outside of this show? Um, Because Jet sees it in it, as we see in a future episode, like it takes its course down that story arc and we see what happens. So stay tuned next week. What else you got for resourcefulness? Anything else big that you want to kind of hit on that? I thought it was interesting that Katara, not knowing that she was about to enter a giant vat of water and earth, but she said, Aang, you need this more than I do, and gave up her bending water. Yeah. Interesting. I thought that was really interesting, because Aang has earth bending and air bending available to him, and she only has water bending. I think she knew that, like, he's going to... Uh, we're getting off this metal thing. I might, you know... He's on this, and this is the only resource we know that can destroy the metal is the water right now. Um, it's just... I I admire Katara in that moment for giving up her self-defense. Absolutely. Right? She didn't know she was about to be surrounded by water, right? But when she had she, no idea. She had no idea. So we're very lucky... Team Avatar is very lucky. The Aang gang, whatever you want to call them. Very lucky. Boomerang. Boomerang. Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting moment where she was willing to give up that resource for the greater good in her mind. Oh, absolutely. It says a lot about Katara's character. Absolutely. Um, and the way that she really, truly believes in And what in she Aang. values, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So... Well, uh, do we want to head on to the back end of this episode? Yeah, we're going to try something new in a minute, so just get ready for that. No voicemails this week, but remember, if you send one in and it gets chosen, we will let you choose a lens for season three. Um, if you want. If you want to. And so send your voicemails in, give us your thoughts, um, your disagreements with us, any questions you may have. We're not experts, but we'll try to answer them. That's correct. Um, and that an is expert. at thearchivy at gmail.com. Thearchivy at gmail.com. Send those voice memos that way. Great. Max, you got anything you want to add to this episode? I do not. All right. We are going to be right back good with talk, a new talk. little game or a new little activity. 
and our devotion. Little new, little new segment. All right, and then we will be right back. everybody welcome back we are excited to start in lieu of voicemails uh we are gonna try a new segment and it may work it may not it's new we're gonna see what happens so we gotta try new things and, and be okay with we gotta lean into the possibility of failure we're using our resources yeah right um so i wanted to kind of uh bring us together and try to analyze avatar in a new way and what i asked uh, Sunshine to do is to pick a quote that spoke to him anywhere in the episode. And I did the same thing. And what we're going to do is we're going to read both of those quotes. We're going to hear them one at a time, talk about why did you pick it? Where did it come from? And then what we're going to do is we're going to analyze the two quotes as if they were written next to each other. So we're going to read one, then read the other, and then see how that changes our perspective on both meanings and see what happens. And then after we do that, we'll flip it, and we'll read the one sentence first. Whatever we read first, we'll read that second. And so we're just going to analyze them in a different way and see what conversation comes of it, and hopefully it helps us learn a little bit more about ourselves and about Avatar and about our values and what we can learn. Am I using the same inflection, or am I reading it, like, straight? I think yes. I think it's important to consider both. Okay. But for now, like, tell us, what quote did you pick? What, what came up? I picked the quote, oh no, what a nightmare. All right, give us the context. Where is that from? That is from the moment where Sokka uh, is complaining about how dark it is underground and how he can't see anything. And Toph goes, oh no, what a nightmare. Uh, As a way yeah. to mock Sokka and be like, yeah, this is my life. In a way of being like, hey, blind person here. Yeah, correct. So. Interesting. So why um, did you pick it? Because I think it's a moment where she picks at herself a little bit, but I think she's like she's all very aware, and I think she's not afraid to remind other people to be aware, um, and that that she's there and still valuable and like still experiences things with them. And so anytime Sokka, I think, makes a little comment like "this is terrible," she's very quick to remind you, like "yeah, this is my life. Welcome, you privileged dude." <laughs> So is that is that always about Sokka, or is it just like the fact that she said that in general speaks to you? I think it, like it's it plays as a joke, and and it is somewhat fun. Like it's funny when it happens, and funny. but I also think it's one of those things where she's like, nope. I, and I think that's a really real experience for people when someone's like, oh, I just experienced this. How terrible! And someone's like, yeah, literally every day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like this is my life. Like oh, someone didn't hold that door open for me, and they're like, yep. You know, like, welcome to my world. Um, I think I, I, I think I get put in check sometimes like that, where, like, I'll yeah. see someone like Kat Con and be like, oh, that's terrible. And someone will be like, yeah, literally the fourth time today. And you're like, oh, gross. Like, yeah. that doesn't feel good. <laughs> like, you yeah. have to deal with that that much? I'm sorry. <laughs> and But that's privilege, right? That, like, that's the privilege I experience in those situations. And so I think that highlighting privilege and making people aware of it is important so i think i re kind of really respect that when toff does that yeah so read it for me one more time oh no what a nightmare all right so that's that's sunshine's quote i'm gonna read mine uh see if you can spot where it came from good technique little sister keep it up don't forget to breathe 
that is when Sokka is encouraging Katara to keep the the whirlpool going and clogging the drain. That's the, right. The, the pipe. Yeah, I, I just thought this was a really interesting moment because there are times in which there is nothing I can do to help the situation. <laughs> and all I can do is offer encouragement. You got this. And in that moment, that is zero what the person who's doing all the work wants to hear. <laughs> That's fair. Right. Because Katara was just like so annoyed with him because, <laughs> and I just thought that was really, that line spoke to me because there are times where I just, I just want to be encouraging and I want to say, you're doing great. And they're just like, I have no interest in you telling me that I'm doing great. Oh, that's, I, and I feel that so hard sometimes. Tell um, me more. So like group fitness classes, like yeah. I work out pretty regularly and I am not the fittest person out there. Like can easily admit that. So I find it super patronizing when like if I'm in like a group fitness situation and people are like, You're doing so good, keep it up, you've almost got it. I'm like, shut up, leave me alone, let me like do my thing, but I don't like I'm not doing so good. Like I'm yeah. in last place. I don't need you to tell me that I'm well, doing and great. And that's like and that's the story you're telling yourself. Correct, right? Yeah, I don't think that they're I genuinely don't believe that they are patronizing people or that they are trying to be patronizing. Yeah. But in that moment, I feel patronized yeah oh and i 100 agree with you and i'm also the person who was like you're doing great <laughs> and i'm and i'm like oh that's not what they want to hear right now yeah just let so, me feel this and not be happy with like the result it, and it's hard because we there's a pima children quote where all we want to do it, compassion is being willing to sit in the dark in someone else's darkness and not turn on the light and this is turning on the light. I'm going to turn on the light. You're doing great. You're doing great. It's not as hard as you're making. And then, like, Katara's like, yes, it is as hard as I'm making it out to be. <laughs> yeah. Hush. <laughs> Please stop. Let me focus. And so it's just, it, it just spoke to me on a, a level that I can get from both sides. I have been Katara. I have been Sokka in both of those situations. Well, it's funny because that can sometimes be an empathy misstep, right? So, like, the, um, when someone says, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Um, or you notice someone struggling with something and your response is, but you're so like, you're so amazing. It's fine. You're doing great. Like, it's awesome. Like, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, like, it's no, minimizing the problem. No, I want to get better at this. Like, especially if I'm like looking for feedback from a supervisor and I want them to tell me like, Hey, I just, I just public, I did a presentation and I did some public speaking. Hey, can you give me feedback on that? Everything was great. It you're was amazing. Awesome. You're the best. Well, Thanks. How is that? And helpful? like that doesn't make me get any better. Feedback is a function of respect. Um, and so I, that I dislike as well, especially when it's like you're so amazing, and I'm like, no, I I know I messed this up. You can tell me I messed it up. You can help me brainstorm how to not mess it up in the future. But you sitting there and going like, you've got this, is not what I need to hear in that moment. So I feel that I feel Katara like I get. I feel like I mm. get it in that mm. moment. It's right real. There. Yeah, yeah, it's very real. <laughs> Okay, so what we've done now is we've kind of brought these quotes together. So read yours for me one more time. Oh no, what a nightmare. And then mine is, good technique, little sister. Keep it up. Don't forget to breathe. And so now what I want us to do is put these two in conversation with one another. So the first line is going to be, oh no, what a nightmare. And then in conversation with, good technique, little sister. Keep it up. Don't forget to breathe. So... When you hear those two together, oh no, what a nightmare. Good technique, little sister. Keep it up. Don't forget to breathe. What that, comes to mind? That comes off less patronizing. That comes off as someone being like, I'm struggling with this. Like, I, I, like, I almost picture like 
someone going bungee jumping or someone like doing rock climbing or like a skill that can be like some like scary yeah and then someone being like no you've got this you've got the competence to do this like you've got the skills remember to breathe like you can do this. You're like, yeah. Which is very different than I think like the patronizing way that we were talking about it earlier. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's how often do we view ourselves as that? And how often is it that depending on your tone well, of voice or what you're saying well, or what you're experiencing? Well, it's not just the tone of voice that changes it, but just the fact that they're in conversation with one another changes the meaning entirely. Correct. And our potential reading of each line. Yeah. Right? Okay. Uh, what else? Does it remind you of anything? Does it remind you of any like others like any other movies or other stories or other things is it no i just it seems like genuinely encouraging like there's been times where i've been fearful and there's it just it reminds me of times where like people have had my back in ways that be like no you've got this like and i think that's to me it's it's almost the way i'm, ch- I'm changing the inflection of how that is being said but it's um there's a difference between like yeah go you got it versus like staying calm and steady which i pr- way prefer like hey you got this You've studied. You know what you're doing. Like, yeah. move along. You can do this. Um, and so I think it, to me, it's the the way that those things are said. To, it makes it whether or not it's, like, patronizing or not patronizing. Absolutely. Um, but in this moment, it feels really encouraging when you just put those two things together. Like, I imagine, like, is Katara scared of something? Is Toph scared of something? Is Aang scared of something? And then someone else being like, no, you've got this. You can do this. Like, you're fine. Yeah. Just like any other coach, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like a very Dean Smith it's type a coaching of coaching. Moment, yeah. Right. Interesting. All right. I I can buy into that. Um, I think what comes to mind for me is like I think hearing them as two separate people talking, like, oh no, what a nightmare, one person, and then the second person saying, Oh like good technique, little sister, keep it up, don't forget to breathe. Versus what if it was one person saying all of that? Oh no, what a nightmare. Good technique, little sister. Keep it up. Don't forget to breathe. And it's in- it's just interesting to think about. Like, like you're saying that all those things to yourself. And I or partially, maybe I'm saying, oh no, what a nightmare to myself. And then I'm saying everything else out loud, right? Or and that that changes it too. Yeah, it's like that moment, like <laughs> if you're doing something, or you have like a doctor, or like a tattoo artist, or someone who's supposed to like know what they're doing, yeah. and they're like, oh no, um, keep breathing. Like you're good. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah everything's fine yeah. <laughs> like it's like the moment where you're like what just happened like yeah. why did you just gasp or say oh no yep yeah or you see someone jump in the water and then come up and say my back hurts because that's an immediate backboarding incident or yes like so for lifeguards all you lifeguards out there but anyway moral we're of playing this is, episode to the lifeguards in the crowd twice in one episode so. anyway let's so i want to do one more thing let's reverse them now okay so here we go Good technique, little sister. Keep it up. Don't forget to breathe. Oh no, what a nightmare. Yeah, that like that reminds me of like a mom or a sibling that's like in the crowd that's embarrassingly cheering you on like yes. at a moment or oh, like you're so like true. about to you're about to like go in for a spelling bee or like you're you're about to do a talent show and then like you hear your mom in the crowd be like, "Woohoo, you're my favorite star of the show." And you're just like, "What a nightmare." Please, yeah. please sit down. Yeah, that embarrassment. Like, almost, please right? stop doing this. Yeah. Like, no one else is doing this. Yeah, that's so interesting how it's easy to... Why is it that praise begets embarrassment? Like, being praised publicly? I, I wonder if it's if you, fear, if you feel you deserve it or not. That's interesting. Um, 
if you like, and I think that goes back to kind of what I was initially, if I don't feel like I deserve the praise, I'm not going to accept it. And I think that goes back to one of your favorite quotes is we accept the love we think we deserve. Mm. Um, and mm. I think that that's a moment, Parks being a wallflower. Not um, Brene Brown. Not Brene Brown. Have you heard of her? Um, but that's, I think that might be the same with praise, right? Like if praise is a form of love, if words of affirmation, which it is, is a love language, yeah. then if I don't feel like I've done anything to obtain that praise, I don't really want to hear it. Or I'm not gonna Fair. be. I'm not gonna be willing to accept it as much. And so I wonder if that's a moment of it as well, or if that, if, or if we fear the attention that that brings. Like someone is is pointing a spotlight on me by doing this. Yeah. And I don't want that there. I don't want expectations to be higher of me. I want to be able to like yeah. fly under the radar, just do my thing. Yeah. Um. So I wonder if that's why, that's quote unquote em- embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for indulging me in this, what we have, new segment. We don't have a title for it yet, so if you have a cool title for it, let us know. We might, we might do it again. We might not. We'll see. You but, can tweet it at us or comment on a post and give us the title. Send yeah. us a little message on Instagram. At BNB underscore pod. Oh, such a great place for extra content, bonus content. Memes. All right. Do we want to jump into the devotion? It's time for the devotion. Which is, we are looking at resourcefulness through the lens of the hour, the element earth that's right um what are you gonna do this week ben what are you gonna do to yeah so for me again use earth, earth it reminds me of foundation it reminds me of stability it reminds me of uh growth in a way because it's what it's the nutrients that all of our food grows from and so all the things and so when i think about resourcefulness in that lens i think about like how do we grow our food in a sustainable way and how do we grow our nourishment in a sustainable way? And so how am I getting nourishment that is sustainable? Because for me, what I've begun to realize is that the nourishment that I want typically involves me needing to pay for things, i.e. books. But then I'm like, oh, no, I have a resource available to me that I don't use, i.e. the public library, which I did used to use. And then I've just stopped using it because of X, Y, and Z and now I'm like, okay, I'm in a position where I have to remember that I have these resources available to me and I don't have to not utilize my resources in order to get the nourishment that I need. Um, and so I just think that's interesting. So I just wanted to, how do I remind myself of the resources that are available to, available to me in order to have the my, nourishment, my, that, the nourishment that I need yeah. in order to survive? Perfect. I think for me, as you kind of talked about it being the foundation, as you talk about it being the foundation, um, I want to keep developing the skills that I am uh, of being a leader and, and working on things that I can improve on. And so focusing on the foundation. And one of the things that I would like to improve on is the way that I give positive praise and the amount I give positive praise and even talking about this conversation, not coming off as patronizing when I do that. And what do I need to do that? And so working on skills um, to give positive praise, finding resources that can help me hone that skill um, thus, uh, and kind of building that foundation to myself so I can do that better for other people is something that I would like to work on this week. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love you, Ben. 
This is just a Don't joy. patronize me. This is not pay. Well, see, like that comes <laughs> off as patronizing. But I mean it. Like I get. I love that we get to do this each week, and I don't tell you enough how much I love you and the show, and and Max. I love Max too, and he I said love he loved me. All of y'all, these the people who listen. Oh, I love y'all too. Um, please, you know, send us contributions. Um, tweet at us. You can find us on Patreon if you want to help support us. Please. Um, patreon.com slash the arc of e um and help us uh fund this and and we love making these episodes and we're going to keep doing it for you next week we are going to look at the next episode through the lens of censorship um which i'm actually pretty excited about so we're going to talk about some fun things in that episode and that will be next week i'm sunshine mayfield this has been Pruitt, and this has been bending not breaking thank you for listening uh-huh. bye-bye